We are back. It's been a fat minute that I've been gone. Sorry about this. I've been traveling a lot, but living the guy life is back. We have episode 19 running things off today, and it's hilarious. If you want to listen to stories about Midwestern people drinking beer with pickles in it, to smashing cranes, to stories about Jacob bringing people out, bringing a farmer out on and having an AK in his blind and then that whole, whole ordeal. It's, it's something else, guys. This one was, it was fun. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening about the massive crane shoots that Jacob and uh, the Red Eye Outfitter guys do down there in Texas. So enjoy. We are back with episode 19 of Living the Guide Life with Chance Pratt, and today we have Jacob Salmon on the head guide over at Red Eye Outfitters down in Texas, and we're going to talk cranes, doves, ducks, and maybe even uh, some prairie dog hunting because I know they do it down there, but how are we doing today, Jacob? Man, we're living the dream as always. I love to hear it. How is the weather down in Texas right now? It's not where you want it to be. It's cold in the mornings, hot in the afternoons. Yeah. How cold does it get down there, like, this time of year? Well, normally, shoot, normally we're, I like it, you know, low 30s, in the 20s. But, but lately, it's been so back and forth. I mean, it's yeah. been 40s at night, then it gets up into the 80s. Like, hell, we have a high, like, 86 this week at some point. Jeez. It's ridiculous. That's warm. That's not fun. That's really warm. I... I am not a warm weather kind of guy either, so that would be, you guys, you guys are very, uh, must be used to that kind of stuff. Used to it, don't enjoy it. I like it, I like it nice and crispy. You know, mid-November, I'm thinking highs of 35, not 85. <laughs> yeah, we had a little warm spell last week up here in Minnesota. It got up to like 72 and I was sweating. I'm like, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm like, get it back down to 15 degrees. Start right? shooting some more ducks. Like, geez. You're not, you're not wrong. But, yeah, what is the, how does the weather affect the cranes down there? Does it affect them at all? It, like, it, it does. It kind of keeps patterning them, gets kind of tough. Yeah. Keeping them on a pattern, which they're already hard to pattern as is. But, yeah. You get some really hot days like we have been having and, they don't want to feed right or they want to jump around and do it what i don't want them to do and not come back to my field yeah but uh, it's been tough i mean they've been pretty skittish and we're not getting a big push of birds yet just because how warm it is there's a ton a ton a ton of birds sitting up you know north amarillo and in oklahoma from hearing and okay it's getting kind of old shooting the same birds every day yeah yeah well, i can imagine that's kind of the same boat we were in uh like it's so warm they don't want to hop off the roost at all in the mornings or anything for like our ducks and geese and just it's been not ideal but gotta make do with what we have got to every day yeah but how so how many days are you guys into your crane season down there um shoot two and a half two and three weeks I think we started the first of October okay so I guess third week 
Yeah, fair enough. My dates might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And then when do you guys start like duck hunting and all that kind of stuff? Man, yeah, we shot we shot a couple. We had a couple duck shoots last week. Okay, so it's open it's now. Pro- yeah, it's open. They, that started uh, November sixth. Okay. That Friday, I think that was the sixth. So that's when that hit off. And then little goose started. Uh, little cackler started here on the fourteenth, I believe. Okay. And do you chase those at all down there? We don't. Red eye doesn't take too many goose hunts. I do. I was a goose hunter before I was a crane hunter. Okay. So I'm all for it. But as for guiding wise, not really. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And what made you want to be a crane guide? Uh, you know, that question is, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I had an old friend that used to work for Red Eye. Okay. He called me, and I was living in Oklahoma for forever, and he asked me if I wanted to be a crane guide. And I dabbled in it, but it wasn't something I wanted to do, like, per se back then. I still was a goose hunter and a duck hunter before anything else. Yeah. But he convinced me to do it, and I met with Colton and uh, did the deed. And, you know, last year I started out with Red Eye and haven't looked back since. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, yeah, what's your backstory kind of look like? Where'd you grow up and get into hunting and all that kind of stuff? So I was a late bloomer. I, I was born and raised in Dallas, right smack dab in Dallas proper. Okay. Uh, didn't do much hunting as a kid. It was just kind of me and my mom and my brother, so I didn't do a lot of hunting. And in high school, I had a buddy uh, who was infatuated with duck hunting. And uh, he, after a season of listening to him talk about it, I finally decided to go out with him. I think I was 16, okay. maybe. And uh, my first duck hunt, I had a home defense Benelli shotgun. Don't tell the game boards, but <laughs> I was out on public land with a home defense Benelli with no plug. Yeah. Ever since then, I just fell head over heels with it. I went and played baseball in college uh, in western Oklahoma, which... You know, just like West Texas, you got all the geese and all the ducks you could dream of. Yeah. So that really, really, really started heavy for me. Okay. That's awesome. And then just been at it ever since. Just haven't stopped since. Haven't let the let the foot off the gas yet. Yeah. And so, how many guys do you usually run a day down for cranes? So. This past two weekends, I've had, like, normally 8 to 12 in the blind in each group. Okay. So it's been, been pretty big lately. That's typically what I keep it at. Yeah. I, I, uh, I haven't gotten on the, the leash of, like, Toby and, and Nick up there in Amarillo. I, I haven't gotten the courage to run 22 guys yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I talk to Nick, like, every morning up there, and, and he cracks me up. He's talking, so we got 22 guys today. I don't know how you do it. I, I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> more power to you if you can oh exactly yeah they run quite a few guys have been watching and that's they intense unreal start to their crane season I don't know I've never seen that on any kind of hunting but they are just absolutely getting after them up there yeah yeah I was watching that they're, they've been mopping them up pretty good oh yeah yeah and then what do you guys uh, like use for are you guys running A-frames and stuff down there quite a bit uh, yeah we run a lot of a-frames a lot of lucky ducks and okay. then when the hide's right i've done backboards on the layouts yeah but that really just depends on on the hide and how many guys i got it's, i haven't 
hiding 12 guys in layouts is tough. Yeah. Uh, I've done it a couple times this season, but if I've got that a big, big group like that, typically rolling an A-frame. Yeah. Do you guys ever stick them out in the middle of the field or just fence lines? Uh, I'll do the middle of the field. Yeah. I've done it a times. Uh, I'm a big pivot guy. There's a pivot head. Okay. Pivot, or, or a fence line is even you know, layout. I, I run a lot of layouts in the fence lines if I can. If the wind's right, but yeah, the I'll stick just about anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's what we kind of did last year. We learned that the ducks and stuff don't really care if the a frames in the middle of the field as long as you have your like entire top covered up, so they can't see yeah, that black huge. hole. If, if that's one thing we got I gotta look out every day is you know clients moving the brush out of the way so they can see it's like yeah. guys let's relax a little bit if you wanna shoot some birds you know let's keep your heads down and stop messing with my brush yeah oh exactly <laughs> yeah I hear you on that I'm like I'll have buddies that do that too I'm like you guys aren't calling the shots so you don't need to be looking around like I got the, this. Well, we want to see him. I'm like, I promise you, I will tell you when you can look up. But when the birds are 200 yards away, please don't look at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I hear you on that. But, yeah, that's awesome. And then are you guys running, like, full bodies and stuff like that? Or do you run the silhouettes and stuff? Both. Both. So this year, I got Colton to get us into a bunch more dive bombs. Yeah. How do you like uh, them? I love them. I think they're awesome. I ran them on, I think, every single hunt except for one this year so far. Oh, wow. But I didn't. I had like 30-mile-an-hour gusts yeah. that morning, so I figured that if we rolled some full bodies, it'd probably be a little smarter just because this is the wind. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How many? But I enjoy so far, so hopefully, you know, they, they, they stand up to the test. I mean, I don't, I don't baby my stuff, so yeah. they're doing great so far. <laughs> That's awesome. Has it been pretty windy down there? It really hasn't. It's been a weird year. It hasn't been cold. It hasn't been windy. The forecast every day is perfect. I mean, you yeah. wake up like 32 and a 10, 15-mile-hour wind, which is perfect. Yeah. But you get out there, and it's been nothing. You know, no wind until probably 9 o'clock in the morning, and you're, you're picking up after the hunt. Then the wind wants to start blowing. Okay. I got you. Yeah, that's sounds like... Uh... Not a bad deal. <clears throat> oh, God, I have something in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, cranes. Cranes are pretty sweet. I shot my uh, first crane up here in Minnesota this year, and they're mean. They're they're funny. I mean, them, them suckers, you know, they're. I tell guys all the time, these are the hardest things to die. They don't yeah. want to die. They're down the middle of spread and mess with you and, and cut at you. Oh, yeah. fight back air yeah we had uh so my buddy up in up north he's got like a axe handle that he goes and hits cranes with in the middle of the field when they're still alive and like they start biting at him and trying to claw at him and i'm like geez these things are mean oh yeah we, we got a we have a little uh uh one of those little kid mini kid legal slugger bats we carry around yeah I carried a sand wedge last year, but clients started to get mad at me because every time I'd lop at a bird with the golf club, the head would come off, and they, you know, <laughs> no heads make a pretty bad picture, so I had to throw yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I I didn't understand. Like, I knew that they were supposed to be mean, but I didn't realize they were that mean. Oh, yeah. They're they're funny. I mean, they'll, they'll karate kid. Like, 
I say they put their wings out, one leg up, like the karate kid kind of deal, and it's pretty funny to see. Yeah. Do you guys ever run dogs for them? So I don't. Uh, Colton's got a, a pretty good dog. He comes out and runs. Uh, I don't. I have a, a little yellow lab that okay. she's a duck dog, true and true. She doesn't hunt anywhere outside of water, but she's just hot. She's too hot for me. Yeah. So I don't fly on cranes because it would probably wouldn't go very well. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But I know plenty of guys that do run run their dogs quite a bit. I just don't very often. Okay. Yeah, because I, I can imagine that'd be uh, pretty nasty if a dog got attacked by one of those. Get those sweet Rex specs going, though. Yeah, I've been looking Never at those. Get goggles. Yeah, like everybody that I've seen that hunts cranes with a dog has those things on. Oh, yeah, they're pretty sweet. I mean, you can't be all my buddies that don't hunt. That they, I send them hunting pictures, and I'm like, I don't care to see this. Just show me dogs with goggles, please. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, no, I hear you on that. It's such a cool, like, cool thing to see because there's some pretty badass photos of dogs with those on. Oh, yeah, there's, I mean, some of the dogs that run out here in Lubbock, I know Hunter Pickett's got Easy e who's just a stud. Yeah. Uh, I know all those 806 dogs up there that run with Toby and yep. and Cap, are, they're also just great dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it would be rowdy for sure. There'd be like no doubt about that. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. So are you like, so you guys do crane hunts, duck hunts, dove hunts, and then prairie dog hunts down there, right? Yes. Yeah. So what's the, what's the deal with the prairie dog hunts? <laughs> so the prairie dog thing, from my understanding, came around. So Red Eye's been around since 16. Okay. Uh, Colton started it with a buddy of his, uh, Mike, and I guess a year or two in, and I, you know, Colton's probably going to correct me when he hears this because I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> a year or two in, I think Mike wanted to keep busy in the summer. Yeah. And Colton said, well, okay, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, let's go shoot prairie dogs. And I, I don't know if Colton thought it was just a weird idea or what, like most people would, but they did, and it blew up. I mean, dudes want to come out because guys bring out everything from a 22 to a, a 50 bmg to shoot these prairie <laughs> jeez it's unreal because we'll get shots off at anywhere from you know 100 yards to a thousand yards i think mike said their longest confirmed to kill was like 900 and something yards oh my at, god at a prairie dog that's a foot tall <laughs> but i mean guys come out and all it is is we went out last week i had a group in from minnesota actually three guys no kidding three they wanted to shoot prairie dogs in the afternoon so i went out with them and mike was showed him out and i i met him out there and all it is is like a big ammo fight. who can shoot the most <laughs> they might have like confirmed killed two but i tell you a whole lot of shooting going on it's so funny to watch no i can imagine yeah, I'd... and the farmers love it because they the farmers think it's hilarious because they hate those pra- those prairie dogs are, I mean they're awful for those prairie dog towns are massive and farmers oh, yeah. hate them. It's like shooting coyotes out there. Every farmer we've got, do whatever. But if you see a coyote and you don't shoot them, they don't care for you anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can imagine. But it's hilarious. I mean, watching guys on those prairie dog hunts is some. It's funny. It's just a big. It's just messing around really at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because I did that out in Montana over the summer. And, uh, I mean, the towns are huge. And they just, like, they take up so much land and just destroy it. 
I was asking Mike, I don't know if it was last year, I think. I was like, how do you find these prey dog towns? I mean, it's not something you just drive around like a bird you can see fly, right? He goes, no, you get on Google Maps and turn satellite mode on, and you can see the prey dog towns on satellite mode of Google Maps. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We, uh, so my buddy has a ranch out there, and we went out there, whatever, and I mean, there's like prairie dog towns of like a million prairie dogs and it covers like so much land and it's crazy and we went and just unloaded rounds at them it was so much fun oh yeah they say that if you can get one like a 300 wind mag or even the guys with the 50 bmgs if you within six inches of that prairie dog just the shockwave alone will blow one up it's just unreal yeah it destroys them it just absolutely blows them up <laughs> like it's unbelievable and then you'll have like the ones that stand behind each other and then you'll get like a two and one or whatever it is and oh it's just a good time it's, it's something i never would have thought would blow up the way it has i mean they run a ton of hunts throughout the summer and you know we can now because it's still so warm yeah but his prairie dogs are still coming out to play in the afternoon so the guys are able to uh still go out. i mean normally Normally, we wouldn't even be shooting them still, but now since it's so hot, we can. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Do you guys, uh, and then you got your dove season too. Do you run that during the summer? Um, for dove? Yeah. Or when does that start for down there? It's September 1st. It's like okay. a tech holiday out here. No kidding. Take off, people take off work. I mean, I had a group of buddies coming from Dallas, so every one of them took off work opening day to come out. I mean, it's, it is a, it's a holiday down here. That's awesome. But that was fun. We had a pretty good dove season this year. The lack of water down here is kind of is kind of tough for everything. But okay. I had a good dove season. I wasn't down here as much for it. I was down here a couple couple times, but I I typically don't come out you know full time until about the week before crane season. Okay, I got you. And so, do you live there when you come out and guide? Do you live out there <laughs> yeah, full time? So, yeah, we have a we have a landowner out close to kind of centralized area where we hunt that has a ranch and he had a cabin on it and he rents it out to us as kind of the guide's lodge okay uh, where so i can i don't stay at a hotel or on a buddy's couch yeah told stays out there when he comes in town we got brent uh photographer comes in from oklahoma uh he stays out there it's just kind of the place for all the out-of-town guys to stay so we're together and not in a hotel well that's nice it's definitely big time i did a lot of the hotel and couch surfing last season yeah not a problem with it but having somewhere to unpack a bag and hang out is much better <laughs> oh i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine yeah and then you guys got your lodge down there too so the lodge that. so we don't we don't have like a red eye dedicated lodge okay i guess you say yeah we lease one out uh the red barn ranch we lease out for our big groups yeah uh, and that place is pretty sweet. Most of our, you know, 10 plus guys, uh, groups will stay there. Okay. Uh, we have a bunch of Airbnbs that we work out a deal with the, I can't remember the lady's name in Lubbock, but she's got four or five Airbnbs we, we get from her at a, at a special rate so our clients can uh, stay happy and not have to stay in, a, you know, the best Western if they don't want to. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's super nice, huh? Yeah, that's sweet. And then... Uh, yeah, so you guys, so when does your dove season end? Does that end like right before crane season? So we have a split. Um, again, don't quote me on the dates, but <laughs> the split's right around October 31st, I believe. Okay. And it's a couple, couple weeks and they kick back off. But I mean, 
no one ever hunts the second split from what I see it's just it's cold and no one wants to go dove hunt but yeah. it's more of the first couple of weeks of September kind of thing okay it's when it's kind of hot and heavy and then after that it just kind of it peters off a little bit and people don't care as much yeah yeah a lot of pigeon shooting though yeah really oh yeah we do a whole bunch of pigeon shooting now and we got a lot there's a lot of dairies up here and a lot of feed lots that carry tens of thousands of pigeon and those guys obviously hate them yeah to carry these around the dairy cows so we'll go shoot pigeon a bunch in the afternoons or whether it's just buddy hunt or you know it's, it's nice to have because sometimes you have a rough morning yeah you got for a couple of days no one you know no one's bad about going to shoot some pigeon yeah oh i hear you on that yeah that'd be that'd be pretty sweet because we have like we have pigeons up here but i can't imagine what it's like down there oh it's fun you're getting some big wads and it's like it's like field hunting ducks almost they decoy yeah it's on i mean it's it's the weirdest thing to see a, a bird like that decoy by the hundreds <laughs> oh i can imagine yeah that'd be that'd be awesome do you guys field hunt ducks at all down there not a ton uh, we don't really focus on it a bunch yeah we don't do a ton of duck hunt so it's not something we look for okay if the opportunity presents itself, I'll always choose a field duck hunt over water. Yeah. Just because being in Oklahoma all those years, I'm a sucker for a wheat field, some wheat field widgeon. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite thing ever. So if I see it happen, I'll gladly tell a group, listen, like, we're going to go do this today instead of that just because of the opportunity. But it really just all depends. Yeah. For the, mo- for the most part, I mean, Red Eye just really is mostly crane. We're one of the few outfits down here that will only chase in for the most part all year okay uh from start to finish there's a couple that do a couple big ones down here that do but uh but a lot of the guys will gear toward, uh gear more towards the geese and and the ducks after november once it starts getting real cold and whatnot yeah but we stick to chasing those stretch necks oh yeah now do the cranes stay down there all year round or do no. they move south even more They'll, well, so there's a couple, there's two flyways, I think, main flyways for crane by us. You got, they'll come down through, and most of them, like, Lubbock's the crane capital of the world because of all our salt lakes. Okay. So they don't lock that because the salt lakes won't freeze over. Yeah. So it's like, they'll go a little further south in here, down into Big Spring, Midland, but a majority of them sit right in the Lubbock area uh, for the winter. Then you have your flyway to the east of us. A lot of the birds that go through Oklahoma make it down into the gulf like down the texas coast oh wow there's a big hunting ground down there for them but it's just not near as big as as the lubbock you know panhandle area yeah yeah and how late does that season stay open for for us in lubbock we're last saturday of october every year to the last saturday of january so this year it works out from 31st of october to 31st of january okay South of us, though, and Zone B, I guess, they don't open up until late November. And then the coastal zone, they're only open for like three weeks in uh, January. Oh, wow. So we get the full push of it, which is yeah. nice. We get the full three months. Do you ever go to the other zones and guide down in them? No. No, there's just not much of a point to, really. Yeah. I don't know many guys that do a lot of crane hunt crane guiding down south south in the gulf most of those guys shoot geese and they shoot crane if they need to yeah but when you think of crane hunting the most you know the majority of it's right where we are where we were like the thick of it yeah okay i got you yeah that's awesome is it uh 
Is it a big difference, like, crane hunting at the start of the season compared to, like, the end end part? Like, do the cranes act a lot different and stuff? Or, like, don't they only feed once a day or anything like that? So, if we can get fresh birds, it'd be a lot nicer. But uh, we're so stale right now. Normally, early season is just kind of playful. I mean, these birds are just kind of dumb. Yeah. And they do it right. And then we keep getting more pushes and pushes and pushes of new birds throughout December. And then January, it kind of stales out again. But there's no telling what's going to happen this year, just how weird the weather's been. Yeah. My favorite time of the year is, is late November to mid-December. It's really my... That's what I normally tell guys. Colton's different. Colton will sit there and say he's a late January guy. Okay. Uh, I always tell him he's crazy, <laughs> but everyone has a reference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Do you guys... Uh get much snow down there at all not really uh i think we had two snows last year uh we had a pretty big one october 24th of this year uh we had a massive cold front really a lot of snow uh, a lot of ice and then you know a week later it's back in the 80s but yeah it's kind of come and go down here we our biggest thing is the wind (laughs) okay yeah i was gonna say have you guys ever chased cranes in the snow once last year, I shot cranes in the snow one time last year, and to me, it was kind of like goose hunting in the snow. They just kind of get dumb. Yeah. You get a flat layer of white across. You could hunt on a concrete parking lot, I think, and, and kill birds. <laughs> they, yeah, they see the decoys. It's like, okay, we'll just go there. Yeah. I would love to see snow once a week. I mean, but then again, we get any kind of water up here on this dirt we've got, it just turns to soppy mud. It turns to be a pain. So, yeah. at the same you appreciate the dryness as much as you hate it. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, how hard is it to like drive in the fields down there and all that kind of stuff? Is it- Most guys are pretty cool with it. I mean, as long as it's not wet, yeah. uh, we have a ton of winter wheat down here. And farmers don't, most of them don't appreciate you driving in their wheat. Okay. That's the reason they don't like these birds because they eat their wheat out, but there's always a pivot road or an edge so it's not too bad the cornfields no one cares if you drive in them yeah so you get you can get more fields than not down here yeah in my it's yeah and they're not like muddy or anything they're pretty, no they're no, pretty dry not, it takes a, it takes a, a huge amount of rain down here to create any kind of crazy mud for for us yeah the well, only other get is soppy fields because the pivot's on or something he's irrigating the field which i've had a couple times this year but early season just hunt the edge and call it good yeah oh i hear you on that yeah because up here they get i mean when we had our freeze and then it got warm again all the fields just turned to mud like every besides like the stock chop cornfields i mean right everything is just thick mud soppy mat makes it a pain Oh yeah, and you're gunning it through the fields at like 40 miles an hour, and fucking trailers <laughs> whipping, and mud just going everywhere, and it's just, yeah, it gets intense. But thankfully, I got the dive bombs this year, and if I got to walk anywhere, that's a whole lot better to carry those and then carry a bunch of full bodies. That's for sure. Oh yeah, 100. percent We like, I mean, I want to say probably have like 50 dozen dive bombs in our trailer. That way, we can just if we need to, we can run them into the field instead of throwing out a bunch of full bodies because that sucks. And like that's brutal time. <laughs> like I hate, I hate doing that. Like if I, unless it's like a super good field, I know we're gonna absolutely smash them. 
then I'll be like, yeah, we can walk everything in. But I really do not like walking. That's just the worst. I'm, I'm with y'all on an edge any yeah. day of the week. Before I gotta walk out the middle of pivot. Oh yeah, like, especially because you know, the day the day you have to walk out, you're gonna have friends or clients that don't want to help you do anything. So here you are trekking across the field by yourself, no help. Yeah, and they're just looking at you from the the inside of their heated pickups, like, what's this guy doing? What an idiot. <laughs> Oh, a hundred percent. Or you'll have like guys that will only carry like a blind bag in and they'll be like, Oh, I thought you guys had everything. Like I didn't, I didn't even realize it. I'm like, yeah, no, not like we had all the dive bombs out there waiting for you or all the layouts out there. Yep. No, hey, wait, fine. you don't permanent spreads for train. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it never, uh, it never gets old. That's for sure never ceases to amaze me some of the things people say when you meet them to hunt (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah like i i just don't get it like my buddies will be like oh yeah like a-frame's already brushed like we're good i'm like dude no like you gotta do so much more than this or like you gotta do so much more of this and oh okay let me just pull up at five minutes before shooting light yeah so guys, hey, we're meeting at uh, the All Sips at five o'clock in the morning. They're like, "What? Shooting lights not till no six forty-five." I'm like, "Yes, I know. Trust me." <laughs> but we've got stuff to do before that, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty intense to run a permanent crane spread. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing: it might last a day or two before you get your teeth, teeth kicked in a couple times. Oh yeah, I could imagine. Like, oh There's nothing more humbling than than the crane game. That's for sure. Yeah, it'll yeah. humble you real, real quick. <laughs> and I can't even like. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. And then like all the crane con stuff. How hard is it to learn how to crane call? It's really not. I mean, it's it's rolling the tongue real quick. You yeah. either sound really good or really really bad. Okay. And for me. I blow the, the whistle a lot like a juvie because my crane call sounds really, really bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I'll fair. be honest. I mean, the, the, it's it's really easy to sound awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Is it like, is it like goose calling or like harder? Or what's it it's, like? It's not. No, I think blowing a lesser call and sounding good is a lot harder. Yeah. Than a call. And I think it's just a lot more calling in, in goose hunting. You know, you get out under a big swing of lesters. If you're not calling, they're not coming. Yeah. I mean, you're you're out of breath. You're losing it. With crane, they don't really react, in my opinion, to calling like a goose does. When you okay. can't sit and see a group of 20 crane at a, at a half a mile and just start wailing on the call and expect them to turn and come right at you. Yeah. It's just, that's not really – it's more of a confidence thing, I think. Okay. So it's more of just having the decoys out there. And then if you can add being some calm, for sure. yeah, yeah, being on, being on the field they want to be in. Oh yeah, and that's what makes it so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Do they switch? Will they switch feeds on you guys like down there once it gets later in the season? Oh, they'll do it right now. <laughs> really? Man, I had so last week. I just finished. Uh, I did think fourteen days in a row. Yeah. And my last hunt was, I guess, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday morning. And I had some big-time clients out, uh, guys I'd prepared for all week, 
I've had them before, and I just know their expectations. Yeah. One of them's a major, and like the game, he's a, a game warden, but he's like the major, I guess. So he's really big, big name in Texas. Okay. So I spend all week scouting for these guys' feeds, like saving feeds. Just literally, I could, I mean, I can't, I can't say I could care less about the rest of the hunts I had that week, but everyone yeah. knew my focus was on Sunday. Yeah. So I, I think I shot out every day last week. And then I get to Sunday, and I find the biggest feed of the week on Saturday. The guy scouting for me when I was out said, dude, this biggest feed we've seen all week, great hide, money. Like, we're good. Yeah. So I went looked at it after my hunt. You know, I scouted it that evening, put the birds to sleep. Everything was perfect. Wind was right. Get out there the next day, get a cold front that night. It went from, like, I don't know what it was, 42 to 22 or something like that. Nothing crazy. Yeah. A little foggy, and not a single bird came back to my field. Jeez. I mean, I might have seen 40 birds all morning, and I sat there all day just like, this is the most embarrassing thing ever. <laughs> that would suck. That would. Thanks. My clients are in good spirits. I mean, those guys are, they've hunted them before. They're awesome dudes. So you get the blab and gap going. You just kind of joke around and let them make fun of you a little bit. And yeah. Just get. You know, shoot, every time I pulled my phone out on Sunday, the guy, the main client would look at me and say, what are you doing? Are you Googling how to crane hunt? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I call Colton and I'm like telling him how this morning's just going awful. And he's like, Hey, put it on speaker. And I put it on speaker and he's like, Hey Colton, when are you going to hire a real guy? And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Getting roasted all morning. Uh, you love guys like that though. You just, Oh yeah. I knew as soon as you, as soon as they start joking and they're not just like, dead silent all morning when you're getting thumped it's you know you're okay yeah oh exactly you know they're free book and they're gonna come back out and have fun they know it, they're hunters they know what happens yeah i mean i get guys out there that the complaints i get are just hilarious sometimes i mean dudes you know you get a guy come out and you shoot i think i shot a, a 10 man in like 45 minutes one time yeah and i'm like super pumped for big rain outs great shooters and I get up, pick up the last words. I'm like, oh, we're done, guys. I'm like, pick it up. Let's get out of here. Let me use this feed again tomorrow. And it's like 7.15, right? Yeah. And the dude just looks sour. And I'm like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? He's like, we shot out too fast. I paid this much money and we're done already. Like, what are we going to do the rest of the day? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> are, you, are you joking right now? <laughs> like, it's the best time of the year. And you're out of it. Because <laughs> it was too fast. Oh God! Yeah, and people, it cracks me up. That cracks me up. Like, you can always get a read on people at the gas station too. Like, get your morning coffee. Yeah. Walk out, with a pack of gummy worms and an awesome burrito, just ready to roll. <laughs> the guy looks at you and he's like, "Man, you ready to limit out today?" And then that's when I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go." <laughs> Got one of those guys. Oh yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, what are some of the clients like you guys get down there? You know, I just, yeah, I say those two stories. I've got some great clients. Yeah. I mean, being with Red Eye last year is my first year with Red Eye. I don't know how we, you know, Cole, it's fairly new. We're fairly new, I guess, 16, four or five years old. Uh, the growth that I've seen in the last year is just unprecedented. I mean, I think we saw six or seven, 600 clients last year just for Crane. Oh, wow. I think this year we might see closer to 1,000. Wow. So the growth is unreal. And we get some great clients. I have, I mean, my last three weekends uh, have been all repeat clients from last year. 
that's, so that's awesome. always nice. The weekday guys are new guys, which are good, but yeah, you get, we're seeing a lot of repeat guys, a lot of clients that are, are really hyped up for the season. They're texting me all the time or Facebook messaging me saying, you know, we're back out this weekend and we can't wait. So it, we get 99% of the time. I've got great, great guys, guys that I keep in touch with throughout the summer. Yeah. Uh, that kind of deal. You know, every, it, it's not often we get just, an awful client i think it might have happened twice last year and it hasn't happened to me yet this year and i'm just gonna hope it doesn't yeah most of the guys are great dudes i mean they come from great areas they're really nice and it's just it's a good time yeah do you guys get a lot of people outside of texas that come down a ton i mean it's it's crazy these guys that want to shoot these crane uh you know you hear crane hunt you just hear west texas that's the place to be yeah i get guys like my guys last week from minnesota I had guys last, I got a big group from California coming out uh, in a couple of weeks. They come out for a full week. Uh, I had guys from Maine last year. I mean, all over the place. Oh, wow. And then, of course, a ton of guys from Texas. I get a lot of guys that come in from, you know, just a couple hours away. But yeah. the out-of-staters, I mean, we have a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're having 600 guys during the season, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's... It's fun. I mean, I hope I'm hoping to to roll. Just me, I'm hoping to roll like 65 hunts this year. I hope is my goal, oh, wow. and that should be. I mean, I should surpass that with ease. Um, shoot, I mean, I hope running six groups a weekend right now, or not six groups a weekend. I guess three groups a day on the weekends. It's, it gets hectic, but it's working out real well so far. Yeah, that's awesome. That's. I I gotta ask you something. You're in Minnesota, right? Yeah. What's the olives and the beer thing? What is that? The olives. The all. Honestly, it's more. So last weekend, I was up in North Dakota, and like everyone does olives and beer, but then now I've been realizing pickles and beer. What? Yeah, and dude, <laughs> I tried the pickles and beer thing, and it was delicious. Like. <laughs> Those Minnesota guys I had last week, they called me, uh, I had them three days, and they called me the night before the first time. They're like, hey, let's go get dinner. Like, we'll buy, you know, we'll get dinner, we'll hang out, meet each other. It's like, yeah, it's fine with me. Like, I love to, yeah. I love to go get, you know, hang out with the clients before the hunt. You know, I get a good read on that way. Yeah. And I'm going to call him out by name because I hope he listens to this one day. Old Mike. <laughs> I walk into Bone Daddy's to get some barbecue, and I look at this dude. He's got a tall Miller Light with about, 12 olives in the bottom of that thing. I'm like, what in God's name do you have in front of you? And he, I don't know what he called it, Minnesota martini or something. Yeah. I don't know. But of course, like, I'm a man to try anything. Like, I will. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll try it. I can't lie. Like, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was a little salty at the end, which I guess is how it's supposed to be. And he said, well, you better start carrying a jar of olives around. You're going to Thanksgiving. Your family's going to think you're weird. I said, I guess. I got to try pickles too. <laughs> No, yeah, dude, like, just have them slice a pickle in there for you, and I'm telling you, like, it is delicious. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. Like, I'll try anything. I'll get some weird looks, I mean, I guess, but it's, it's going to be worth it. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, so our buddy Mindak, I don't know if he watches YouTube, but he's like, so he's from Fargo, and then my other buddies that we hunt up there, they're like... Yeah, like, John was telling us about this, like, pickle and beer thing, and they're like, yeah, I guess we'll try it. So then they ripped it a few times, and they're like, oh, my God, this is, like, really good. Like, this is really good. And now, like, 
every time we go anywhere, it's always pickle and beer. Like, let me get a Coors Latte with a side of a quarter pickle, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, you just throw it in your tall boy or whatever, and, I mean, <laughs> call it good. <laughs> I listen to, I don't know, if you listen to Big Honker podcast at all? Yeah, yeah. So, they were talking about the, the tartar the other day, a couple weeks ago, the beef tartar. Is that up in Minnesota, too, or is that more of a North Dakota, South Dakota thing they were talking about? The beef tartar. Did you miss that one? Man. I, yeah, he, I haven't listened to that oh, one yet. Tiger meat up there. Tiger meat. These dudes ball up ground beef like raw, okay, and season it and eat it with some saltine crackers. I don't think I can get on board with that one. Like the <laughs> olives and pickles and beer, like I'm all about it. Like, a little saltiness in my Miller. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna draw a line at saltine crackers with raw beef. <laughs> yeah, no, I have not heard about that one at all. Like. This is first time me ever hearing about that experience. I don't remember who they were talking to the other day that talked about that, but I was like, they, I think they tried it. I think Shaver tried it because, you know, he's going to try anything so on a podcast. Yeah. But I I don't think I'm, I'm off that one. I'll eat just about anything, but that's – you. I might draw the line. I say that. You put it in front of me, I'll probably try it, but yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way to ball up some ground beef and throw a cracker. Yeah. If I if I run into it, I'll let you know for sure. Like, I'll do the same. I mean, you know, that's a whole other podcast in itself. Like, taste test some different quality beef. Like we got Walmart beef, Kroger beef, fresh beef, little salt, little pepper. Like, yeah, dude, you could. Li- I could literally just make a podcast of us just trying different beef, like the entire time. Dude, triscuits or saltines? Like, what's up? <laughs> And then we gotta, of course, we gotta have our like beer and our pickle next to us. Oh yeah, I mean, you might as well throw some different, you know. Let's just go get some other canned goods while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> we got olives, we got pickles. We might just get some some pickled carrots in there while we're at it. Like, come on now, like, goddamn, put some green beans in there and like just, just go for it. <laughs> hey, you gotta get your serving your bed somehow. Oh yeah, like if I'm. I'm going to be drinking, like, I better be eating healthy at the same time. (laughs) I'm going to take this back to Thanksgiving with me next week, and my family's going to think I'm even weirder than they already do. Yeah, dude, you just got to pull up with a big jar of pickles and be like, you guys got to try this. Like, yeah, I insist. Sorry, guys, forgot the stuffing, but I do have pickles and olives. Artisan, though, I promise. It's the good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I... I like ran into that quite a bit. Like you just, all of a sudden you just start seeing pickles and olives everywhere. Like once you, once you try it and then all of a sudden now I just see everybody has it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing for dinner tonight, but I think wherever I go, I'm going to have to ask for a side of pickles with my beer. <laughs> Dude, you let me know how it goes. Cause it's, it's slept on hardcore. <laughs> and I'm in Houston right now too. So I'm going to get some really weird looks. Oh yeah. Cause that's like. A west, like a midwestern thing, I've realized. Like anywhere else I go, they won't do that. But yeah, if you're down there, like people are gonna be like, "What the, what the hell is going on?" At least in Lubbock, the lady was like, "Okay, well, it's West Texas, so things are weird." I feel like tonight, class dinner in the middle of Houston. Like I need to try of pickles in my beer, please. And they're just gonna give me an odd look and say, "Like, are you okay? Like, is something wrong with you?" Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's something worth it, let me tell you. Like, 
Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give it a go. I mean, we got to make, like, are we talking like bread and butters? Or are we talking about pickle spears? Like, we got options now. Oh, yeah. No, like, get like a nice, like, pickle spear. <laughs> like, just, like, get it, like, sliced up and then uh, just drop it right in there. And you're good to go. Like, it'll foam up a little bit. And then from there, like, you're set. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. And then right after, you get to eat the pickle, and the pickle just tastes like beer, and it's it's nice. Oh yeah, it's the, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> my favorite part is just, like, eating the pickle at the end because it's just, like, so infused. and it, mm. It's like a little reward for you. Yeah. Like, it's just like... <laughs> it fries the bottom of the cracker jackpot. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude! Like it's unbelievable. Now I now you're telling me about this beef tartar deal, and now that's kind of like I gotta figure out who's eating this. Like who is who is grounding up beef and like putting it on triscuits, like on the regular, <laughs> like a normal like Saturday night bar snack. Like what, what happened to the cashews and peanuts? Like we have beef tartar bar now. <laughs> Yeah, no, you have, like, your own, like, make your own, like, beef tartare, like, right at the bar. People Here's are just, like... Here's an ice cream scoop, and, like, one scoop's nine ninety nine, and two scoops is 12. Like, let's go, boys. <laughs> oh, God, they have, like, vending machines for, like, Triscuits. They're like, yeah, just put your, uh, put a couple quarters in there. You get a couple of Triscuits, like, you're good to go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would be that'd be pretty intense if I do say so myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and now you gotta like, if you go out with guides and stuff, now you just gotta be or like with clients, you just gotta be like, you guys gotta try this, like, gotta try the pickle deal. Cause... A northerner showed me this. Like, what's up, guys? Like, join the club. <laughs> like, you guys have been missing out. I don't know what you're doing at the bar, like where you're from, but the pickle is the move. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna with me. You're drinking beer with pickles. <laughs> I tell you though, we get West Texas dudes out here that are that like moonshine. Ooh. I had some clients last year at the end of a hunt. They're like, "Can we have a beer?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, we're done. Let me clean these birds. Let's have, let's have a little celebratory beer, right?" Yeah. I look down and I'm like, "That's clear glass, like jelly jar. I know that's not a beer. What is that?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's my best kept secret." And I was like, "Well, you know, like let me see that." So I got this dude bringing like lemon drop moonshine on these hunts. Oh my god! Like you can call me if you want some. And it's like, oh. Okay, so like last year I was living in Oklahoma, so I drive back and forth on the weekends. So every weekend I'd come back, my roommates would be like, "Well, what you bring back this time?" Like me, you know, food, yeah, moonshine. Like, what's up? It's like the best tip you can get is a, is a jar of fresh moonshine. Yeah, there's no telling what you're gonna see out here. It's awesome. That's hilarious. So just ripping the moon. Oh, I can't. I've had moonshine a couple times and oof. That's so it's either either great or drinking Purell hand sanitizer. Like this is some COVID friendly stuff right here. Yeah. Like you're trying to cure yourself with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, how's the COVID been down in Texas? Like what's that man, like down there? It's a weird world, I tell you. So living in so I live in Dallas to my house is. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, you can't even get through the double doors of a grocery store without someone yelling at you for not having your mask on yet. 
Really? Like you the first section of like the Kroger grocery store to get your cart, you're putting your mask on, you already got some ladies like, put your mask on, you're destroying the world. And like, okay, I'm sorry, I'll just go, it's on my face, I promise, I'm getting there. But then you get, and it's like that in Dallas, and it's like that in all the big cities, really. Then you got to Lubbock, and I guess Lubbock's a hot spot right now, they're saying. Like the National Guard just got sent in. Thankfully, I live outside of Lubbock, so I don't have to worry about it. It's where I am. You know, you walk into the United, and no one's wearing a mask. Yeah, it's just non-existent to these those people out in the middle of nowhere. So it really depends on where you are. Yeah, you're in a big city, though, you best believe if you don't have a mask on, you walk in somewhere, you're gonna get public, you're gonna get stoned or something. <laughs> someone's gonna tie you up to a post and stone you and put you on Twitter. You're gonna be on someone's TikTok. Hey, look, at this guy, he, he probably had COVID. And he's probably killing a billion people because he walked in the grocery store without his mask on yet. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. Like, up in Minnesota, it's like, if you're in the big city, like, it's terrible. Like, um, it's, you'll get hated on so much if you do not have a mask on. <laughs> like, it's Unbelievable! It's just like what you're describing, and then you go like down in like where I'm at in Mankato or like anywhere else, and you walk in without a mask, nobody's gonna say anything. Everyone's like, "You're in Mankato?" Yeah, I've been to Mankato before. Yeah, we played. I played a a game up there when I was in college. Played uh, Minnesota Mankato up there, and it was nice and cold. I did not enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's super super weird like they closed our governor's an idiot but like retweet (laughs) (laughs) like our governor is an idiot he closed everything like you can't go out to bars or restaurants past 10 p.m like can't have covid's got a curfew man everyone knows (laughs) yeah like covid if it's past 10 p.m like you're for sure getting covid like there's no question about it like unless unless you're protesting. Everyone knows that. Yeah, um, like, of course. Like that's a given. <laughs> like, come on now. Unless you're destroying the entire city of Minneapolis, like you're totally fine. Yeah, just you no, know, no big deal. No big deal. Like, the, blow, the the blow up obviously came from Mankato, not Minnesota or not Minneapolis. Everyone yeah, knows that. Yeah, like come on. Like <laughs> let's be realistic, guys. <laughs> but Gosh. yeah. And then, like, you can't have a group of bigger than 10. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go back for Thanksgiving and um, only have 10 people in one house. Like, yeah, that's so realistic. I'm telling you, I'm going to start having uh, protests in my backyard with the smoker going. <laughs> Just a butt. My, my, parents, my parents are redoing their house right now, like, remodeling the whole house. Yeah. And they're going to be done here soon. Like, I was asking my mom, they're just joking. Are you going to have a party or what? Like, we going to throw down, new house? <laughs> I don't know. All our COVID friends are gonna freak out. It's like, yeah, we'll just have like an entrance fee or some little spritz of hand sanity. We'll hand mask at the front door. We're good to go. <laughs> oh, dude, you have like the temperature check and everything right at the front door. Like, put it right up to the forehead. All right, you're good. You can come in. My favorite, absolute favorite. So I have a friend of mine whose dad owns a restaurant down in uh, downtown Dallas, and it's my spot. Like, I'm in town. I'll go there once a week. And I always joke with him because I walk in the front door and it's like, okay, mask on till I get to the table and then mask off. <laughs> Funniest rule out of them all. Like, I'm going to go sit in a restaurant with 200 other people around you, you know, uh, you know 75% capacity and wear my mask to my table 
while everyone else is touching my plate. But it's okay. It's okay. We're good. We're good. We're safe. Dude, like, oh my god, I was up in uh, I was up in Fargo, North Dakota, and dude, I literally walk in, don't have a mask on. I'm like, all right, I'm literally gonna sit down. I don't think North Dakota really cares. Like, it's fine. So I go in, like, he's like, yeah, you for sure need a mask. I'm like, mm. I'm like, yeah, you know, I pull the old. I have a medical condition, whatever, so I don't have to wear a mask. He's like, no, seriously, you need a mask. I'm like, all right, like, whatever. I throw on a mask quick because I'm with a bunch of people, and then they sit me down five feet from where I was, like, five feet from the entrance. I'm like, okay, so I needed to go outside, grab my mask, come back in, and then I walk maybe five feet to my table, and then I can take it off. Safety first. Yeah, like. We're about to OSHA's going to redo their OSHA 30, and it's going to be OSHA 30 plus COVID. <laughs> Everyone's going to have to take that class and go out to eat anymore. You have your OSHA 30? Dang. Uh, yeah, what is it? What is OSHA 30? <laughs> I, worked, uh, I worked in the uh, oil and gas industry when I was in Oklahoma. Yeah. It's like construction, oil and gas, anything you're like working on machinery, like OSHA has regulations for safety or whatever. So you have to take these classes like OSHA 10, OSHA 20, OSHA 30. Okay. It's like 10, 20, and 30 hours credits or something like that. Yeah. It's just a bunch of, you know, don't stand under the forklift while it's lifting things type stuff. Yeah. Do you see that wire over there? that's not covered don't touch it <laughs> it's just idiot training basically yeah how to be stupid uh, like do you use a hammer to screw in screws no you don't you <laughs> screw thank you for that clarification <laughs> so that's that's just COVID standards coming out I'm waiting for it uh, yeah dude you have to do like a whole separate training just like 20 hours just strictly on COVID like anywhere you go I had some guys the other day show up in my block that we finished setting up decoys and I was just like so I like to mess with people so they were just cracking about COVID all morning as we're setting decoys hide stuff and they sit down in the blind I look down I got like eight of them and I was like hey hey fellas they all look down and they're like y'all got neck gaiters for masks they're like what I was like I need y'all to put the masks on like I'm I'm COVID like I'm pretty, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm at risk. Yeah. And they all looked at me like I was insane. I was like, guys, really, I need you to put your masks on. And there was just a look in their face, just pure shock. So they all started pulling their masks out to the maddest can be. I was like, I'm just messing with y'all. Like, that's crazy. And they all were just like, we were, we were really almost walking out of the blind and going home. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, a hunting season is what I've been looking forward to all year. It's, it's brought some normalcy. Yeah. Oh, 100%, dude. I, like, I had the first run-in yesterday of asking for permission on one of my fields, and it said masks required at the front door. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've got some farmers that put them on in their trucks, and they come by to pick up, you know, if we're paying the lease fee or something, they put them on. But yeah. I never think, because typically all my farmers are pretty old, so it's like, okay. Yeah, like, I get if it. If lease are not saying, I need you to wear a mask if you're hunting on my field, then I'd probably be like, mm, well, no amount of cranes work that. <laughs> You're just out there ripping cranes with a mask on. <laughs> Man, I might have to I might have to do that this weekend and be down filming. I might have to put a mask on and mess around. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. If you did that, you'd have to like for sure film it and like put it on YouTube or something and just be like smashing cranes with a mask on. Hashtag COVID life or something like oh, that. Oh my god. <laughs> 
I was joking. My favorite, absolute favorite thing to do right now, besides watch the news for five minutes and laugh so much, I have to turn it off. <laughs> I, like, I'll get on. We have a neighbor, the neighborhood in Dallas I grew up in. They have a Facebook page. Yeah. So it's got like 20,000 members. It's the whole neighborhood or whatever, right? So I get on this, this sucker and just watch people just blow up over this. You have like you know, your clear conservatives against your clear Democrats. Yeah. Like blow up central. Someone posts something like, "What?" Someone recommend the best chicken restaurant, and someone comments, "Why are you going out to eat? You're killing people." <laughs> I really just want to know where I can go get a fried chicken sandwich. Like my bad. And just add, like you get everything from your your uh, ring doorbell, your dog pooped in my yard, griping at people with <laughs> COVID. And I'll get I'll, I could scroll through for hours a day. I mean, there's like a thousand posts a day, and it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. COVID really brought the community together on Facebook. You just love to see it. Oh, you absolutely love to see it. Like, <laughs> there's no question about it. Yeah, I'll like, you just see so many posts like that on Facebook. I scroll up through Facebook and it's all COVID. Like, everyone's either talking about, oh, this is dumb, or, oh, like, you guys are killing people and it's not okay. <laughs> like, I, love, I love Facebook troll. Oh, I love to Facebook troll too. Like it's so it's, funny. I ever get mean with somebody? Like some people are just like just outright just assholes, and it's hilarious. Yeah. But like, get like all things waterfowl, and you want to talk about this? Like, I remember you talking to. I listened to your podcast with Toby, and he was talking about all the people that hated on him for his Louis gun, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, it's so and, sick. Uh, and you look at those pages, and it's like, oh my god, you were shit cut, and you shoot a Benelli, you're just a piece of crap. Yeah. So every time I see that, you got to do like that SpongeBob meme where you do like, you know, half capital, half lowercase letters. And it's like, my name is Jacob. I shoot nothing but Benelli. I wear Sitka and I'm a waterfowl guy. Please hate me. And it erupts with anger. Uh, dude. You're ruining the sport. Oh, my God. People get so worked up about it. Like, it's unbelievable on how so worked fun. up. It's like, oh, you have a silver lab too? I hate you. <laughs> yeah like literally there's anything you can get mad at like if somebody's doing something right you're gonna get bitched at like there's no question the, about it you see the skeeter pond boys the skeeter pond no i haven't oh my gosh are you on all things waterfowl on facebook i might be i might not be i'll have to go look at it though if you want to get some quality facebook entertainment go do all things waterfowl or hardcore waterfowler oh look yeah up look up Skeeter Pond so it's these dudes in till season down in like I can't remember South Texas or Louisiana I hope it's Louisiana because I don't want to claim them yeah but they shot I don't know what it was like six or seven minute teal I mean it teal smash right yeah and they go pose in front of the sinuses Skeeter Pond and these dudes are like in polo like short chubby shorts and no shirt and their sunglasses and hats and they're posing in these pictures and they post on all things waterfowl and they I'm talking like two or three thousand comments just roasting these kids so they have this genius idea to keep doing it just to piss people off and then they flip around and make t-shirts and stuff and now you got the Skeeter Pond boys selling t-shirts and it's like marketing genius you make everyone make fun of you so they buy a t-shirt that makes fun of you that's hilarious that's that is, my favorite thing to do ever is just scroll through Facebook when I'm bored and just look at people just being just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, even our Minnesota waterfowl in group chat, like, 
that Minnesota has or whatever. And there's like, I don't know, 30,000 members or whatever it is. You just scroll through that and it's hilarious. There's so many people just trolling and trolling about it. We have a we have a scout, one of our scouts, who's just a land grabber. He can get any land you want. Yeah. He'll get on sometimes on like Texas, uh, whatever page it is. And it's like people asking about public land. And you know, people that hunt public land hate guides. Oh, Because yeah. they can't get I can't get on private land anymore because we have it all leased. Yeah. And he'll go comment on every post, like, where's the best public land for this? Where's the best public land for that? And he'll go comment Red Eye's website and say, don't worry, we got you. And he just gets roasted. <laughs> it's like, we don't like guys. Y'all ruined everything. Uh, Y'all are the worst ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's, it's so funny. Like, and you'll have, dude, the funniest thing ever was somebody on like Minnesota Waterfowler posts like a picture of like, yeah, I want to mount this duck, like da da da, and they take a picture of it. In the back, there's like five grebes just dead, and I'm like, <laughs> boy, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my god! And he just got absolutely like destroyed about shooting the greaves and I'm like why are you posting this on here why why did you do that to yourself <laughs> like, are you... oh my god yeah well, we had a one of we had a, we do a buddy hunt coping day every year instead of clients yeah so one of the guys one of his buddies out and they were telling a story about he went quail hunting for the first time on some public land yeah and he's like, calls everybody after the honey. So I just smashed the quail. I limited out like 15 minutes on public land. And he's like, meet me at Cabela's. I'll show you all these birds. So I guess he pulls up to Cabela's and this, one of my buddies rolls up and he drops the tailgate. And this dude has like 20 or 30 uh, field larks dead in this, the bed of his pickup. Like we call it, so now we call him yellow-bellied quail. Like, Look at all these quail I shot. Like, those are field bars. Go, put those, go get rid of those now. Like, what are you doing? You're Tweety Birds. Dude, it's, it never ceases to amaze me. I'd like, oh, no. oh my God. It's, it's so funny. And like, we'll have, like some of my buddies, they'll post and like, some of the group chats and they'll be like absolute smash and then it'll be like a coot picture or something <laughs> like just like absolutely smashed them this morning out on public and like people will lose their minds you just love when people get mad about talking about public land like if you tag something they're like why would you tag everyone's gonna be here now yeah oh yeah Bring- Brent Kimbrough, he's the guy that comes out and just does photography for us. I mean, the dude is a magician with a camera. Yeah. So there's this big, there's a lake in southern Oklahoma, southwestern Oklahoma, called Fort Cobb. Okay. It's not an unknown thing. That's where all the geese in Oklahoma roost, I feel, I feel like. So <laughs> Brent will always tag all his pictures, no matter what we shoot, Fort Cobb Lake. And he used to have some dudes just get on and just it's like sending him death threats about putting like stop driving for cop the whole world's gonna come here and there's like meanwhile there's like 15 outfitters within 20 miles of Fort Cobb Lake and they're worried about Brent tagging it's so funny oh my you're god you're a person like cool my bad <laughs> dude shooting crane in West Texas tagging Fort Cobb <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah dude it, the tags on some like people's posts is just so funny like always gotta throw in like a good like great wall of china or 
just like your mom's backyard yeah. something weird just keep everyone on their toes you know oh exactly like we have a <laughs> like we have a lake um back in my hometown and it's like everyone in our hometown if they shoot like anything they just tag like marion and then people are like no way you went out there and shot those like nah. like that's unbelievable or like my buddy used to like go smash the walleyes in like northern minnesota and then he tag like man they're like send me your spots like where are you going like that's that's unbelievable and it's the funniest thing ever Dude, I just I love to mess with people. Like it's it's hunting is such a dramatic sport sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I'm I've not I don't like drama. Yeah. Especially you know, outfitters. It's always dramatic with somebody. Like I'm the most friendly guy there is for the yeah. most part. And I just wanna be friends with everybody and help people out. Yeah. But then you have dudes that just like dudes like that just ruin it for everybody. Oh my god, it's terrible. Like I'm all about I'm all about these smaller outfitters that are coming up. Like, yeah, they can get annoying. You know, there's about a million of them around Lubbock. Yeah. But if they're if they're coming out where we are, it's like, hey, like before you try to lease my land out from under me, like let's work together. You want you run like one group a week. I'll give you a feed. Yeah. Don't lease up all this land for your one group. We're running twelve. Yeah. And then they just it just goes on. It's just just like the Facebook stuff. Them dudes just go a little kind of crazy. But, you know, that's just the life in West Texas, I guess. I don't know how it is up there, but it's pretty annoying. Oh, dude, like, we'll have, like, we'll get permission to stuff. And then sometimes, like, other people have permission, then come out, and they will lose their minds. Like, we, on opening Early Goose, we had, like, this loaf pond. And, like, we set up everything, da-da-da. We set up, like, I don't know, probably, like, 15 dozen like full bodies and floaters and then threw up the a-frames and stuff and i'm like like we're set to go we're waiting five minutes before shooting light these dudes come up in a big cummins and he's like ops out of the truck it's him and another guy i'm like dude like if you'd have been here like an hour or two ago like we could have made something work on like a blind setup for you guys or like we get thrown up at another a-frame or whatever it is like we were just all hunted together but like you yeah. came like five minutes before shooting like like there's nothing i can do about that and he's like the birds are here dude yeah like come on like let's be realistic then he just like loses it on me he's like you think you own everything like you could have been out here like all night and I would not care at all like I'll go stand out in the middle of this pond and I'll I'll scare everything away I'm like alright so how is that going to benefit anybody here like <laughs> okay. like if you want me to call the sheriff and like we can deal with hunter harassment right now like I am fine with that like I would call him over here like I know him really well like there is no problem at all he's like just starts just cussing me out and like yeah like screw you guys this is a bunch of bs like you don't own anything like you just come out here thinking you could do whatever you want i'm like dude like you pulled up 13 or like 10 minutes before shooting like like, come on like yeah that's not my problem like but other than that like if i meet somebody out in the field and like somebody else has permission i'm like yeah like i don't care like we can set up a big group together like it's not the end of the world like we're still gonna shoot a bunch of birds like it's fine yeah bigger hey bigger the group more birds right yeah like i'm like i'm not opposed like making new friends like 
but some of these dudes just absolutely get riled up and i'm like it's so easy just to work with people too like people just get so butthurt about it like we just got on this we got on a big plot of land a couple of weeks right before right before season i guess and uh it's a big dairy so i mean they've got a ton of land yeah and the guy, when we talked to him he's like i'm not going to give you exclusive rides He's like, there's no other outfitters out here, which I was like, okay, that's good news. Yeah. Because I have a lot of locals that hunt out here, and I was like, okay, cool, but like, how about how about let those locals know who I am and give them my phone number, and we'll work. We know we'll work together, make sure we're not stepping on each other's toes, we're not hunting the same field or hunting within them like a half a mile of each other. And yeah. I didn't hear anything from it. Last week, I had on four or five groups, and uh, I had a I got a phone call, and I you know I answered, and he's like, hey man, this is so and so. Mike, give me your number. Uh, we're the locals out here, and I've got like ten guys coming this weekend. And it's—I just want to make sure we're not going to step on each other's toes. I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, thank you. Yeah. Are you scouting? You see, I'll be scouting all week. So I was like, okay, cool. So we kind of bounced ideas off each other throughout the week. We thought about hunting together, but we just had too many guys. And finally, at the end of the week, we scouted each other's fields, and it was like, well, you've got—I've got this massive feed, and. I was like, I've only got like five guys, so how about you take this feed and I'll take the one you're gonna hunt. We're five miles away from each other and we're good to go. And I mean, working like that's so much easier than just hating each other. Oh yeah. Like, it worked out and then now now we're just buddies now. Now he's if he sees something, he calls me, Hey, I've got this feed over here if you you know, if you need anything and it just works out well. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I run into guys like that quite a bit and then we just hunt together, like figure something out. Or like, there's then there's other guys that are just absolutely <clears throat> assholes about it and just hate it. Oh yeah. Like, we had another guy last early season, and like I was like, dude, like we're scouting the same field the night before. Like, there's like I don't know, probably 600 geese in it, which is really good for early season. And then I was like, yeah, like, let's just sit up together. I only have, like, five guys. You have, like, five guys. Sweet cornfield, like, perfect hide. Like, we're going to be set. Just throw layouts. We'll be good. And they're like, yeah, well, um, trying to get this kid's first goose. And, like, I don't know. I don't really want to be in, like, a big group. I'm like, well, like, I don't know what to tell you then. Like, he's like, yeah, we'll just sit up on the other side of the field. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, okay, like. Like, it's, I guess it's a big enough feel where you could do it, but, like, I don't know about that. And he's like, yeah, like, that's the plan, so whatever. And I'm like, okay. So, like, we get there early, set up, and then they get in set up. And, like, I know where all these birds have come from because I've been watching it the past week. And, like, so we set up right in the money spot, and we shoot our five-man, and, like, super quick. And they didn't shoot a bird all morning. And he's like, then at the end of the hunt, he's just cussing me out. You try to take everything away. No, no, you're sky bust. I'm like, boy, we have like our five man down in like 30 minutes. How how do you sky bust a five man in 30 minutes? <laughs> right? Uh, like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, well, screw you guys. No, no, no. I'm like, all right, dude. Well, I don't say I didn't give you the invite to just come home with us and make everything easier. So we easily could have shot our 10 man. But it's fine. Oh. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like uh never ceases to amaze me but we uh i like to take my farmers out sometimes because a lot of these guys out here they, they like to hunt and no one ever wants to take them hunting and these guys like you know they're old dudes yeah. they're old they sit on the bed of their pickup and they, they pass you it's what they do it's what old guys do yeah right? 
<laughs> so after like the first, after opening day, I roll up to this farmer and we get a, a lease sign. He looks in the bed of my pickup. He's like, oh my gosh, like I shot four today for him and his buddy did. And I was like, oh yeah, we had a pretty good day. We only shot an 11 man or whatever. Yeah. And he's what kind of shells do you shoot? And I'm like, oh, I shoot two and three quarter inch boss. And he's like, what? I shoot three and a half, like double BB or something. <laughs> and his buddy's like, hey, that's because they shoot birds at like 15 yards, like decoying. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God. I'm like, you want to come with us sometime? Like, if I got an extra spot in the blind on a weekday, like, let's go. And he just was just infatuated with that idea. Yeah. I dude out last week, right? <laughs> And I get all set up, and I was like, you know, I told him he could come to shooting line. He's an older guy. And he goes, no, I'm coming to help. So he helps me set up. We're in, lay- we're in layouts. Yeah. And it is a schoolgirl on Christmas Eve, right? Oh, yeah. And I go over at him right as the sun's coming up, and I see this gun in his hand. And I all I see is just like an outline of an AK. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, Mark, what do you have in your hand? He goes, it's my AK shotgun. <laughs> Like what? So he's got a Sega 12 gauge, like a 15 round mag on it. It's like, and I'm like, Mark, you cannot use that. I use it every day. I'm like, oh. like ah, you just, you just can't use that. With me. No, it's, I can't do it. Yeah. So he's so pumped about this gun. He's like, I'm gonna use it. I'm like, Mark, like, really, please don't. I'm not, you know, please don't. So I give him my gun, and he's like, I'll trade you. I'm like, dude, as much as I want your, your AK, it's just no good for me. I just, and him and his buddy are like, well, man, I, I wish it was full auto. I'm like, this is snow goose season, okay? Like, you, we can shoot three times, and I know there's not a plug in that 15 round mag. It's like, good God. <laughs> Oh Eric. my god. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a it's a lot it's a lot of fun out there, man. It's, we we I try to have as much fun as I can. You do it so much and as soon as it becomes a job and you get bored with it, like you start hating all your clients and you don't do very good. Like I at least have fun every day. Yeah. Oh I couldn't agree more. But just pulls out an AK shotgun. Just on the casual, like, yeah, no, this is what I use every day. Yeah, like, I was like, oh. Uh. <laughs> and I had to tell him, like, first group passes over. And it's like the first group of crane every day always pass over you and then spin back to do it. Yeah. They're passing over, like, 300 feet. Paris like, hey, you going to shoot that? And I was like, no, please, just don't shoot the birds. Just wait. And he, I, I decoy the first group of birds, and we drop like five or six. And he's like, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever!" Like, oh, that's tell awesome. me I have to lead him by like forty feet. <laughs> no, you don't. You just gotta like let it happen. Uh, that's awesome. That is so. That's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, those old guys love to pass you more than anything. Oh yeah. Like. They absolutely like you'll see guys like two old guys ripping around here. Those being a field, just birds are 500 yards in the air, and they're just, I'm like, boy, what do you want? What? Like, why they always at least shoot one? <laughs> oh, yeah, and then you'll just see one sail like 300 yards. Like, what is this dude shooting out of his gun? Like, is he, did he bring the Ot 6 today? <laughs> 
Dude, just ripping like an AR, just right. God, that'd be hilarious. No, yeah, that's that's rowdy. An AK shotgun. Oh yeah, I was I just I was speechless. Like what? Like what do I even do about this? Like oh my god, that's intense. That would be something else. But God, that's yeah, that's rowdy. But yeah, no, taking out the hunters. I mean, taking out the farmers. I've asked a couple farm like up here. The farmers do not hunt besides for deer. Like that's about it. Right. Like some always it if they want it, and you know we everyone down here. You, you pay farmers down here. Just how it is. There's no free land in Texas. Yeah. Because there's so many outfitters. If you're not paying, you're not getting it. Yeah. But I ran into a guy a couple weeks ago. We finally figured out who he was, and I go talk to him, and I'm like, "Hey, man, like, we pay we pay our landowners. You know, we make money off this. Like, we want to pay you guys." And he's just like, "No," like he refused. Like, "No," he's really, really soft spoken, nice guy. Yeah. I was like, he's like, "No," and I was like, "Well, can I take you hunting?" No, I don't really hunt much. I'm like, okay. Well, we get to we go back to the late lease sign a couple of days later. And I'm like, "Listen, man, like, I really, really want to pay you." I don't want to be that guy that's out here hunting for free. Yeah. And he was like, you know, how about each month you keep a tally of how many hunters you have on my field and bring me a check, a blank check. And I said, okay. And he says, is it okay if I just write it out to my church as an offering? And I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So you get, you get guys like that sometimes who are just nice to see. You know, I told him, I was like, well, I'll just pay you, free, I'll pay you as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring as many hunters as I can out here now. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We, every once in a while, I'll have guys that are like, yeah, you're going to eat all those birds? I'm like, dude, you can have as many as you want. And then their just smile just gets so big. And I'm like, yeah, like I have a lot, like – I ate a lot of duck and goose, so the more you want, the better for me. That's how it's those cranes. And these cranes are, you know, the, the table fare is just unreal on them. Yeah. <clears throat> so if the farmers don't want them, I get so much of it throughout the year, I end up giving it away. Yeah. Farmers don't want it. They're, hand, they're hired hands. They always want it. They're always just ready. You bring them birds, and they're, they're ecstatic about it. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I tried crane for the first time. It was really good. It's right. funny if you beat people doing it for the first time. It's like any goose or duck meat I get, I typically just throw it in a bag and freeze it. And at the end of the year, I have it ground up in like summer sausage or something. That's or some what like I do. Beef sticks or something like that. Yeah. But crane, that's the only thing I, I won't uh, I won't just grind up. I mean, it's kind of a waste. It's so good just to just slap it on the grill or, you know, the smoker or something. Yeah. Oh, big facts. Like... Uh, yeah, I tried Crane, and it was from Bemidji, and it was really good. Like, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely something you could just, like, eat regularly and not have to get it processed. Because duck and goose, like, I'm so old of it that I just can't, like... I mean, besides, like, teal, like, I like teal, um, like, rapid and bacon and, like, jalapeno poppers and stuff like that. Like, that's really good. I'll eat that. But then right. everything else, it's just like, yep. Let me just go get sticks and uh, sausage or hot dogs or whatever it is, and then call it good from there. Same like a mallard, like a mallard breast, the skin on is always pretty good. But yeah. It's just so much work to have to pluck and burn and do all that. Like, after a hunt, I'm breasting those suckers out as fast as I can. I'm going <laughs> to the house to shower and take a nap. Yep. Oh, I can agree more. It mess with it after that. Yeah. 
Have you guys ever shot any banded cranes down there? So last year, I shot a with that California group I was telling you about. Yeah. So crane, you know, geese and ducks get banded a ton. Crane yeah. don't. Crane's like the rarest of the rare on the banding program. I don't think they ban them much anymore at all. Oh wow. But uh, so I shot one last year on probably the most brutal day of the year. We left the lodge at 4.30 in the morning and it was like 48 degrees outside, right? Yeah. We get to our spots, a 45 minute drive, get out of the truck and it's 40 mile an hour winds and it's about 15 degrees outside. <laughs> so I had Venosi on that hunt. He was helping me out, the Cadillac dude. Yeah. So he come down to help me out. So we're out there and it's just a miserable day. I think we shot like six birds. But that sixth bird comes in we shoot it we walk out to get it i'm like dude we gotta call the hunt i'm dying it's cold so i mean there's no birds working it's like 10 o'clock in the morning we pick this bird up and it's double banded banded and then on the other leg it had a freaking radio transmitter jeez so you got like the holy grail of bird yeah and and i you know most guides the, no one ever knows there's a band on a bird right yeah there's no there's no secret to us that day. Like we were like little girls out in that, <laughs> prancing around. I mean, unbelievably psyched up, right? Yeah. We get back and I mean I'm just I'm, I call we called everybody we knew. He called Toby, he called Jake, we called everybody. <laughs> we get back to the lodge and we're like, dude, I want this banning info so bad. So we figure out the biologist who banned it. Yeah. We banned it at the refuge close to Lubbock I, and I think it was 2012 I think jeez man is an adult put the transmitter on it and that was the coolest thing ever because we called the biologist the transmitter has only last four years so it was off and he gives us the tracking he's like so I banded it here it, it, it would fly every summer or I guess their nesting season or whatever it is it'd fly all the way through Canada and then Alaska the northern half of Alaska and then across the Bering Strait into eastern Siberia it's like literally Russia, the Chuck TC is where that bird nested every year. And they would fly all the way. The first two years it flew back to New Mexico. Then the next however many years until it died in my spread would fly to Lubbock from Russia every year. Just ungodly trip. Oh, my God. I mean, I think I don't remember. Man, I wish I had the pilot sucker. Um, I wonder if I have it written down. Somewhere. I wrote it all down at some point. But I mean, that thing, that was probably the coolest thing that will ever happen to me on a waterfowl hunt in my life or yeah. any kind of hunt. I don't think that, well, I say it, I don't think a 200 inch buck would compare, but then again, it probably would. But I mean, it was, it was the coolest thing that's probably ever happened to me on a, in a field. That's crazy. That is, yeah, that's intense. I've only known what? one other person that shot a tracking band and that was insane it was on a mallard like right in Mankato and they banded it like next to Mankato so I mean <clears throat> I was like four years old but it, you like the tracking was insane to see oh yeah I mean that's just an unreal kind of uh, it's just I don't even know how to just being able to see what those birds do yeah is unreal. Like, if, you, if I map it I just pulled my Onyx out so I had to map it. You map the track through the United States, up through Canada and Alaska and across to Russia. I mean, you're looking at like 4,000 miles every Jeez. year 
both ways. You four down, four back. Like, how does you, you think about that? It's like, how does that even remotely possible? Yeah, and to not be shot that entire way down. And they probably make that trip in a few days. You know, a couple weeks. Yeah. Did you see the spec that they they uh, tracked uh, earlier? I think it was this year. Maybe it was last year. They had a spec make it from Alberta, Canada, to. Um, middle louisiana in three and a half days and they had a the tracker had like a they could tell how fast it was going it hit a jet stream and its top speed was like 95 miles an hour oh my god like you look at that and it's like how does a bird do that how does it make that trip every year yeah like that's insane so that is by far the coolest thing that's ever happened to me unfortunately i do not have the band or the tracker who got that the band the, from it that's the client yeah it's getting uh that's a whole other story in itself but <laughs> it's getting mounted in lubbock uh colton doesn't know this but I, when that guy comes back for his hunt this year i'm gonna offer him all four days of his hunts for free and i'm gonna get for that bird i'm gonna take that bird back i know i'm gonna get it one way or the other <laughs> i said you have a life pass to hunt here for free don't tell colton but give me that bird oh yeah dude that's that's insane is he getting a full body mount of it yeah, full body mount, cupped up in the spread, drumsticks down, just giving it up. Oh, I my mean, God. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be sick. Uh, hopefully, it ends up in my living room. <laughs> that would be the Cole, ideal scenario. Oh, my God, I have a little scrap over it eventually, I bet. <laughs> yeah, once he walks in, he'll be like, oh, where'd you get that thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I already know. So I'm going to walk into his house one day, and it's going to be there. I'm going to say, hmm, weird. Where'd that come from? I'm out of too. I can't wait for him to listen to this. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Just think like 4,000 miles. That is such a hike. Every year. It's so 8,000 miles a year for four or five years or six years. And I wish I knew how old it was, but that's one thing. It's not like geese and ducks. They don't ban them as juvies. Yeah. Those crane, Adam ban them as adults in the refuge. So I, ban, I, I got him at, he's banned what, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago. And he could have been. I guess the oldest recorded crane ever was like 46, I think. So those things live to be just ancient, right? So there's just no telling how. It was a mature bird. It was massive, nice, pretty red eyes on them. I mean, they don't have those red eyes. So when they're juvies, you can tell a juvie because they've got a nasty gray-looking head. They're just an ugly bird, right? Yeah. My crane, a crane's pretty ugly anyway. (laughs) They don't really start getting that red on their eye until they're more adult-like, a couple years old. Okay. There's just no telling how old that bird was. Yeah. That's insane. Like, we... Last year in Nebraska, we shot a 18-year-old speck. And... That is old for a goose. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's when it was banded when it could fly. So, I mean, it could have been, like, 20 years old. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah. But, like, 18 years old, that's insane. And like yeah, old bird. Yeah, and the thing Just was like dumb. they all say like they tar up as they get older, but that thing wasn't tarred at all. Like there was a couple bars on it, but like it was not anything like not anything like super dark, dark or anything. Right, by no means like a, like a mountable barred out spec. Yeah, which I thought That's like. Perfect. If they, which like I've heard when they're older, like they bar out super hard, but this one wasn't barred out and it was an old bird. That's crazy. 
like it was it was pretty cool to see we shot like we shot four bands that day and then that one was a spec and it was man that's she all shoot a bunch of bands up there huh all the, the, everyone up north always shoots bands we don't get them down here they yeah. all they get shot before they make it to us yeah like we'll like there's certain banding areas where like you can like in Mankato they band like I don't know 150 geese a year and so like when you're hunting early season I think last last year we shot like I don't know probably 10 of the 150 bands that they banded <laughs> and so like it's like cool it's like cool and all to shoot the band but like when it comes from Mankato and it's that year's bird like I don't know it's not like Someone posted the other day, I saw a picture, he shot like six bands in a day, and all of them were within 10 numbers, like in order, you know? Yeah. So they shot literally the exact same, and they, they were banded three days before he shot them, like 10 miles from where he hunted. I'm like, okay, yeah, if I knew where they were banding birds, I'd probably hunt right there too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, like same sequential numbers <laughs> on a goose. Like, come on! I mean, they they just banded those birds. Yeah, like we had one hunt where we shot five bands last year, and all of them were banned in Mankato. Four of them the same year, and then one of them was banned in like 2016. But like, I was like, I don't know. Like, it's cool and all because it's a band, but like, not being able to see like it banded somewhere like much farther away like i don't know like we shot a band banded mallard on our little two trips ago to north dakota this year it was from arkansas and that was pretty sweet to see but yeah like, that's the thing like down here i don't know i don't know if there's banding programs around texas or or oklahoma i don't know the deal with them but like all the bands i've been around that have been shot they're always like Banded in Alberta, banded in Saskatchewan, banded in Minnesota, banded here, banded there. And yeah. Kind of cool to see that story play out. I mean, granted, like, I would love to go up and shoot a bunch of bands. Like, I would, it'd be kind of sweet. I mean, I've got like, I've got two goose bands and a crane band in my name. Yeah. Which is cool, but to see the, the trips that those birds make that aren't five miles to the end of a barrel, <laughs> it's, don't get me wrong, it's still super cool to shoot all those bands. I want to see like a story behind it. When I get that certificate yeah. printed, like, I'm trying to have, you know, this bird did this for 10 years. Oh, exactly. Like you want to see like, at least for me. Yeah. Like I want to see it where it's been. Like, I want to see like a trip. I don't want to see it yeah. five miles, same year. <clears throat> like hey, over grandma pops backyard, to yeah. the local golf on then stumbled across the cornfield right outside of city limits and got yeah <laughs> like, granted like i'd be pumped i shot that band like sick but yeah it's probably my stubborn side being down here in the south and not shooting a ton of bands it's like i want to see the trip you know yeah no like we have like dude we have like a field that's like maybe a mile from where they banned them and like like it's like yep you go out there and it's like You'll go scout it's like the land, field. Land birds. It's like land some birds and some binos and see which one. Let's turkey swat some of these suckers. Yeah. Like, we'll go out there and look around, like, the night before, and you'll see, like, 12 bands out there or something. And it's like, yep, I know exactly where all those bands came from, and I know right where they're roosting, and they've been roosting there all summer. <laughs> I will see you on opening day, yeah. sucker. <laughs> like, it's fun, but, yeah, I just seeing them banded in canada or 
Arkansas or like just anywhere out of the state is just cool. Oh, exactly. For sure. Like, I don't know. They get, we get a bunch of bands that come from like Iowa and Wisconsin. Like there's a lot, like a lot of my buddies when we go out and hunt, if we shoot a band, it's like, besides from Mankato, a lot of them come from like Iowa and Wisconsin. I know a lot. There's a ton in Colorado too. And I only know that cause, uh, my roommate in college, one of my teammates who got me into more of the goose hunting. Yeah. He, uh, he probably has 200 bands between him and his brother. Right. So Jeez. this whole, we're all thinking this dude is just like, wow. Right. Yeah. And it took a year of me knowing him before Pete was like, you know where I got all these bands? I'm like, where he goes, well, I shot probably eight or nine of them. I was like, well, where'd you get the other 200 of them? And he goes, dude. So one of the massive goose roosts has a big island in it, uh, on this big lake up outside of Denver, I guess, wherever he's from. And they used to go, they used to go out and walk the banks of that island with a metal detector and find bands from <laughs> birds, like for, you know, 20, 30 year old. He's got 20, 30 year old bands, Jeez. and he would just walking around on the beaches of this island, this lake they fish. I'm like, are you serious? Just, yeah, that's where I got all these bands. He's like, I've turned every one of them in. The banding agent probably thinks I'm a killer, but I get the cool story. I've got 30, 40 year old birds that I'm that you know, I probably should be turning these bands in because the banding agency's probably thinking that you know these birds are just ancient but i'm just fine it's the beach <laughs> my god it's like a treasure hunt oh my god that's insane dude i we had a crazy band deal this year so we shot shot a band like 45 minutes west of us or east of us and then um like we pick up our seven man whatever we throw them in the bed of the truck and we're gonna go at the edge of the field and like take pictures with them and uh i'm like pulling all the like geese out and then i look and one of the legs has like a super hard tan line and i'm like oh so somebody already took the band off like before we could take the picture like all right that's cool i guess and so then i pull up the next bird and it's got the band on and i'm like hold on a second like what the hell and then I look, and the band, like, where the band was, there was a hole straight through it. So we shot oh, off I, the band. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally the craziest thing ever. Like, it had to have hit perfect right between the crease and then Wicked. opened it up and then came off. You see all those pictures, not a lot of them, but you see them, like, with the, the shot bounce off the band, there's dents in it. Yeah. But one shot off that's pretty sick yeah dude and i was like no way like that is unbelievable because i was just thinking like who took the band off already and then i pulled the next one like oh never mind there it is so that's real yeah like the chances of that happening i've heard of one other guy doing that and it was insane because it literally had to have just because you could see the bb hole go straight through where it was banded and then must have just like hit the other side of the band and just push it right off that's un- that's unreal <laughs> yeah like it was crazy i hope that if i could shoot but shooting a band crane to me like i like, the first use i shot those banded was cool I and mean, i was obviously i was psyched up you know first band like let's go yeah but those bands are just like they're nothing to me after shooting that crane Oh, I can imagine. Like, they're just like the holy grail. I was like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm not ever see that band again. 
but I got a replica made of it actually. That's sweet. I shouldn't have said that because I was Colton's Christmas present, but maybe if he listens to it, that's what I'm getting for Christmas, Colton. Uh, <laughs> you know, they'll make you legit replicas. Yeah. If you have the certificates, I'm having three made for me, Nick, and Colton. That's sweet. And so I'm pumped. I would never do that to any normal band. Like, I would probably never do that for a goose band. No. Yeah. Just because of that and just how, the, how that day went down. Like, it was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, dude, you'd you'd have to do it for that. Like the worst part about the whole thing and losing the bird is those clients had no idea what that meant. Oh, I like, can they, imagine. These guys were weren't guys that did a bunch of waterfowl hunting. I think it was one dude in the group was like into the waterfowl scene. Yeah. But we bird and Nick and I are out in the field like prancing around, you know, high fiving, <laughs> hugging, just like I'm telling you, like dude, all these dudes flying, like, what are these two idiots doing? Like, guys like idiots there's two grown men out in a cornfield dancing around like little irish men high-fiving and hugging just looking real suspect and and we're like ignoring the hunt at this point we're facetiming dudes next got toby on facetime like i think it was toby out jake i've got all my buddies like i'm calling colton i'm calling all these good guys everyone the, the 10 clients in the blind are like what are these idiots doing what is going on it was, it's like, God, and then he gets in. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> no, what are we doing? Come on. <sighs> That's hilarious. Oh, dude, I, I'm just imagining in my head right now just you guys just bouncing around. <laughs> Oh, like, I mean, we didn't pull, like, Nick picked it up first, and he just looked through his jaw wide open. And I mess, I mess with Nick all the time. Like, you'll see me comment on Chance's pictures, like, tell Nick he's got such a stupid face. So I look at Nick. I remember going, Nick, you're such a stupid face. Like, we just shot our sixth bird of the day. Congrats. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. And at point, I look at it, and we do this just massive, we've got, like, 10 layers of our gear on. We do this massive chest bump, the most painful icicle high five ever. I mean, dancing around like Basel top style around in circles just, un- just unholy looking stuff like what are these two idiots doing and the whole time guys in the blind are like what's going on we started sick bird we're we're 24 shy of a limit at 10 o'clock in the morning we're freezing cold there's a dust storm going on none of our guns are and these kids are out here crying tears of joy all that and we don't have the band yeah, dude, Jesus. Uh, that's, yeah, that's intense. That would be a little bit intense. Oh, man. We had, that, that was a, that was my favorite week last year, I think. We all stayed at the lodge together all week. We had Bart, old Bart, uh, Southern Eats. Yeah. One of our boys, he was out cooking for us. I mean, that was, that was, that's what you call like a perfect week of hunting. A perfect week of shitty hunting was that yeah. week. I mean, I thought that was my worst week of the year. I think we shot 30 birds in that group all in four days of hunting. But it was just the most fun week of ever. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's awesome. That is so, that's so fun to be able to shoot one of those things. It's kind of, it was cool. And hopefully we do it again one day, but, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Pretty much little girl. I'm just going to put it in my pocket and walk away. I'll let those clients find out on Instagram a week later. <laughs> yeah, you just bring like a hacksaw out and just like every bird you see, you're just out there just 
see the oh, band? Tell, <laughs> tell you just like break the leg real quick. Man, you, y'all guys shot that, that bird's leg off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be something else, dude. That would be something else. It's like, why do you have, why do you have pliers in your pocket? Don't worry about it. Hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, just you just worry about the shooting. I got everything else. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Y'all, y'all can't come help me pick the birds up. I got. <laughs> yeah, like we had a huge rain out. No, like you guys stay in the blind. Like I'm just being the good guy that I am. Like I, I got this. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, the worst thing about crane hunting is the fact they don't die. You know, like I was telling you, yeah, they're just like really good at not dying. You'll get all the way out to him. You won't take your gun with you. You'll get all the way out to a bird that looks dead as a doorknob. Yeah. That sucker will jump up right when you get within five feet of him and then run. <laughs> and you've got my fat self layered up in the sitka bibs and everything, chasing this bird across a freshly tilled wheat field. And I'm just like, like the other day, I'm running a 200-yard run. I get to the bird. I finally just wring its neck with all of my anger at the amount of exercise I just had to complete to get a freaking bird. Everyone's in the blinds, like just laughing. And then I swear I get repeat clients now that cripple birds on purpose. <laughs> aim, aim for the wings, boys. Let's watch Jacob run across this field. It's never on a no-till flat field. It's like easy to find. It's like deep trench, you know, chopped up silage corn with wheat drilled in it where every step you take is running sloppy mud. Oh, jeez. Talk about looking like an athlete. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh God, dude! Yeah, the thing they don't tell you about crane running—you gotta get good exercise. That's for sure. So I started wearing my Apple Watch out there. <laughs> I like trying to be hashtag fit AF, right? And I'll be running after these crane. I'll get back to the blind. I'll look at my watch, and it's like, did you just complete an outdoor activity? And I'm like, you don't even want to know. Like, you've no idea. Like, walk, like get get off my back, Siri. I don't need on your lip right now. <laughs> Oh God, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah I, oh God, I've ate shit so many times. <laughs> so Colton's got this blind called a coffin. It's like I run Lucky Ducks like a normal person, right? Yeah, like a normal A-frame. So Colton's got this blind, this big panel blind that he welded or bought from someone that welded it up. It weighs about a billion pounds. It's like forty feet long and it looks like a coffin. Yeah, so he's got these crossbars. In it. And the first hunt of the season last year, my first ever hunt with Red Eye, the first bird of the year shot. <laughs> I get out of this blind, and I i mean, I'm pumped. We just deck a bu- bunch of birds. I get up, and I go to run out the side door, right? Yeah. And I catch a piece of rebar right across the forehead and clothesline the shit out of myself. So I get up, and I'm razzed, right? I'm like, oh, my God. I look like an idiot. <laughs> so I get up, and the bird gets up. It's not even dead yet. And I start taking off running through this cornfield. And I make it five feet out of the blind before I trip on a corn stalk and put my face deep down in this dirt. Like, I'm eating mud. And I just turned around at that point. I was like, I'm not going to get any of these birds. I hate all of you. I quit. I'm going back to Oklahoma. Oh, not God. Shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm oh. telling you, I look great running through a cornfield, man. <laughs> Athlete, that's amazing. That's what I think of every time I'm doing that. <laughs> Dude, just one word, athlete. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Hey, 
just, you got to break it down. You know how it is. <laughs> like, do you guys see me at full sprint going through this cornfield? Because, yeah, same. <laughs> the, worst, the worst is when you're like, I'm going to be smart and take my gun with me. And I get out there and shoot this bird. And I look down and my chamber's wide open because I didn't reload it. <laughs> then here I go running across the field with a gun in my hand, doing the same shit I could have avoided if I had a shotgun shell. Oh god, that's awesome! Yeah, dude, my buddy up in so when we hunted cranes in Bemidji, he's like, "Yeah, dude, I like to." I really started getting into the um, axe handle thing. So, like, really, if you're gonna shoot them, make sure you wing them. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll be like, screw you. <laughs> he's like, do not go for the kill. Like, I don't want to say it more than once. Like. Do not go for it. I'm like, all right, dude, like, whatever. So, like, we shot, like, three cranes or whatever. All of them are still super alive. And you just see them ripping around the field, just clubbing left and right with this axe handle he bought, like, the night before at Walmart. Oh, my God. And he's got, like, he named it the Crane Delio. And so now they, like, mark it every time how many cranes he's killed with it. And it's the funny, like... And he is just huffing and puffing like the entire way, just chasing after these birds. And it's it was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, please tell me about that idea from Inglorious Bastards. The bear Jew marks the bat down every time. Like, let's go! I'm coming for you. Let me chisel the next twelve in. Oh, your boy! I'm stealing that idea this week. The idea is gone. It's gonna. It's in Texas now. Dude, I will, make, I will make sure to let him know because, yeah, he he is all about it. Like, one of the times he's like, yeah, um, he, like, shot some cranes that morning but, like, forgot to, like, bring it or something. And so, like, after the hunt, he, like, he grabs a goose and just starts spraying a bunch of blood. And he's like, yeah, well, thank God I brought this thing out to the field or something like that. He's like, good thing I didn't kill anything with it, but, you know, the blood does look pretty sick on the bat. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got to do it now. I've got to roll back because that is hilarious. Oh, it's like nothing else. And it's just like him just chugging along through the field, just going ape wild on these cranes. God. Oh my God. You just love to see it. Oh, you absolutely love to see it. Like there's, there's no other way I'd want to kill cranes up in Bemidji. Like... <laughs> But yeah, it, it gets pretty intense. It gets, it's like something else. Like they'll be like, dude, we we shot, like the cranes that we did shoot, they all just like landed probably like maybe 75 yards out. And then you'd see him run another 200 and then he'd finally get it. And then he'd run after the next one, finally get it after another 200. I'm like, boy, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, I signed up for CrossFit today. <laughs> He's like, yeah, like, I just love it, man. The adrenaline it gets me every time. And, like, I had a video of one, and it's like, you see this crane just biting at the bat. I'll send it to you. And it's like, he just, like, goes up to it. He starts, like, poking it a little bit, and it just starts biting at him. And, like, then he's, all right, done. And just smokes it. And he's like, crane dealio. <laughs> 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 like it's it's unbelievable. Uh, 
Mike, the guy, so Mike doesn't do any crane, he doesn't guy do crane hunts first, he does like the duck and the prairie dog stuff. Yeah. But he's just a character. So I, I bring Mike on my hunts because I tell all my clients that he's the butt end of all jokes and he knows it. I love it. <laughs> Mike, funniest dude ever, right? So these clients only wanted Mike to come on his hunt to watch him chase a bird with a bat. He might come out of the blind and he'll make it like five yards and he'll come back and say, man, I was cooking, wasn't I? I was running. He's bigger than me. And I was like, Mike, you were cooking for the first 10 feet. <laughs> Dude, I've got to say, I got a video of it. I'll send it to you. He's chasing this bird. It's bobbing and weaving. So you see it going one way and then it's just zigzagging, right? Yeah. And Mike's Louisville slugger and you see and tuck this thing the complete like holds on to it too long and throws it 40 feet behind the crane and he's just most he's his face of pure defeat when he misses that bird it's like done uh, oh yeah dude we had uh we had one of my buddies um like fuck like two years ago three years ago or whatever it was and like, we shot all of our geese, and then there was, like, one left in the field. And so, it's, like, I don't know, like, 100 yards out or whatever. And it's, like, a tilled cornfield. And it's, like, frozen over or whatever. So, like, the dirt is super hard. Like, super hard to run through. Like, whatever. And you just see him ripping around the field. Like, just cooking. Every time he'd go jump, try to jump on it, jump miss, on. jump on it again, miss, and then the third time finally jumps on it. He comes walking back, like huffing and puffing. He's like, dude, I broke like three ribs. <laughs> and we just start dying laughing. He's like, I can't even breathe right now. Goes to the hospital. <laughs> he broke like oh three God. or four ribs trying to jump on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And oh my god, it was the funniest thing ever. He's like, "Yeah, definitely should have brought an extra shell with." Like, this is terrible. <laughs> we had last year we had a, a guy who's helping uh, helping us on a hunt. And he he was one of the guys that worked for Red Eye at the time, and I sent him after a cripple, and it was probably like three quarter mile walk, right? Yeah. So he gets he finally starts coming back on his bird, and you can just tell he's mad. So he gets close enough. He's got the bird. But he's also got his shotgun in about four different pieces. <laughs> he got out there and swung it by the barrel. And after he hit the bird, his whole shotgun just fell into pieces. Someone's like, I hit my bird with my shotgun. I'm like, I wouldn't do that because that's a good way to ruin a gun. <laughs> Jesus. Talk about the luck. Dude, that would be brutal. That would be absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's something else for sure. Them birds, they're just a pain. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, they are just mean, and they are about it. Like, Fun yeah. as hell to hunt, Oh, yeah, like, when we did it, when I did it, I mean, we only shot a few. We were mainly chasing geese, and then, like, they'd come in. But, like, next year, they have some, like, pretty decent-sized crane feeds up there, so we're going to actually, like, try to get some dive bombs and just go rip some cranes for a few days. What's cool about the cranes, like, you only need... I mean, I've run everything from six decoys to ten dozen. Yeah. And more, depending, but uh, you can kill them over six decoys. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Like, Which is that great way to... If you're not doing it a bunch, you don't want to carry on a bag of five dozen. You get a dozen dive bombs. Hell, you, you shoot birds over them easy. Yeah. Like, some of the fields we passed up there, there was, like, 400 cranes in it. 
And I'm like, geez, that's cool. That's a good, you shoot a good, because crane don't work like lessers. I mean, you see a thousand lessers, you're like, I'm not hunting that because they're going to come at one time and I'm going to be screwed. Yeah. And like, I've shot, and, you know, dudes always ask me, how big is the feed we're hunting? And I'm always like, oh, yeah, two or three thousand. I go, it's two or three hundred, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Here, it counts. But yeah, like, coming packs of two to 20 or 30 yeah it, it's really easy to shoot a four or five man out of a field like that as long as they all come the, the way they are oh exactly yeah like that's that's the thing about like your guys's lessers and all that kind of stuff they come in all at once for like our big geese it's the same deal as like cranes they come in like you'll get singles pairs groups of 20 like it's super easy to kill a limit out of i mean if they all come in like that and not all at once right. and somebody jumps the roost. Right. Like, but I don't know. It's like, it'd be just, it'd be fun to just go do like a crane shoot. Like that's what we're going to do for a couple of days and should be a good time. Right. Just be like, actually be able to hunt them like solo. That's it. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like they have enough cranes up there and that's the only spike in Hunnam in Minnesota. Like they have, it's like a three dollar tag, and you can shoot two a day, and then. Oh, that's Yeah. Two a day. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> How many can you guys shoot down there? Just three, but you know. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Just the two. I mean, it's actually we're the only spot. I don't know if it's three anywhere else in the. I know Oklahoma, you can shoot three. You shoot three here, but only in this zone. The two southern zones. Yeah. I think it's two and B, which is Central Texas, and I think the coast. If it's not two, it might be one, but I can't remember. I I wouldn't crane hunt if I could only shoot one though. Yeah, that would suck. That would just be annoying. Three three is nice. That's a good number because I tell you, it's a lot easier to shoot a crane limit than it is a you know a ten man of lessers. Yeah. Yeah, because what's the lesser limit down there? Like eight. Oh wow. Yeah, it's you can you can stack them up, and you get all your whites mixed in, some specs. So. Yeah. I mean it's. You know, if you got a good feed, you can shoot. It's not. It's very common. Not very common. That's a complete lie. But you can get a hundred bird day if you have the right setup. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, because I mean, like for our big geese, you can only shoot five early season and then three regular season. Which kind of, I don't know. I don't know why they don't just keep it five all year round. Because three, like, you can go dump them so quick if you have like oh. everything set up. Like, yeah, you want and you can you can dump out a five man if you got shooters. Oh, exactly, dude. Like last year, we had like shot our six man like super quick. I mean, we had one flock. We had like a flock of fifteen, and we killed like fourteen out of it, thirteen out of it. And so, like when they're right in your face and they're so big, like it's not hard to smash smash them up like super quick. Man, I wish I had shooters like that every day. Yeah, that hey, would that's be. the thing about guiding is the lack of shooting ability you have in some of these groups. Man, it's <laughs> un- you put birds in your face and you call a shot. You got eight guns, twenty-four shells going off. Yeah, and one bird falls and you have a you know a bird with a six-foot wingspan ten yards from you and one bird falls. It's like Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> or the other, the other day. I'd, we had a uh, four or five land in the decoys right on the right side of the blind. I'm like, all right, listen, guys, when these next 10 do it, because they're going to do it here very quick, 
I'm going to call a shot the right side of the blind. Y'all have those birds on the ground. Let the birds get up when I call the shot so we don't turn my decoys into Swiss cheese. <laughs> and then those five birds are y'all. So right when they get off the ground, boom, kill them, done. Us down here, we're going to shoot these birds that are flying. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Remember, let them off the ground because those decoys are not bulletproof. They will look like Swiss cheese in a heartbeat. So like 15 seconds goes by and I call the shot. And we drop like four or five of the birds in the air and I look over at my decoys and they're just doing dance moves off the ground, right? <laughs> Every one of them is getting freaking peppered. And I'm like, oh my God. And all five of them landed birds got up and flew away, just happy as can be. See you later, suckers. Oh God! You're like, oh my God, dude! On Instagram yesterday, do you follow Split Read? Yeah. Did you see that one video that they posted? And the kid pulls out of the pit and just double taps this dive bomb, like right at the end of his barrel. <laughs> Point blank. Nothing left. Like, dude, this Look, thing. I'm pulling it up right now. I've got to watch this. It is the funniest thing ever. This kid just absolutely just rips into these, rips into this dive bomb. Just absolutely double taps it. Hey, you know, just look how that's so realistic. I just thought it was a goof. Like, my bad. Excuse me, guys. Hold on. It was on their story? No, it's their most recent post and just go take where is this <laughs> it's the funny <laughs> <laughs> just take that sleeper oh my god that is hilarious dude it's the it's the funniest video I think I've ever seen just absolutely double taps this thing like nothing else <laughs> Not once, but twice. Just gator. See ya. Oh, uh, it was awesome. I I couldn't stop laughing for like, oh my god, I was crying laughing yesterday when I saw that. Hey guys, I love to land a couple birds and shoot the birds behind. I'm like, let them up, then we'll shoot because my decoys aren't bulletproof. And it just never ceases to amaze me the guys that are like, let's turkey shoot that decoy. <laughs> And watch the bird fly away. Well, dude, they're so realistic that, like, they just, they're like, oh, I don't even realize which bird is which. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. And then my favorite's the non-shooters at the end of the hunt. Like, you put hundreds of birds in their face. Yeah. And they just can't shoot. And they shoot, you know, one out of every group. And then we get to the end, they're like, well, I really wish we could have limited out. And you're like, nah, I really wish I could have two. Oh God! Oh yeah, like, dude, it never. I, cause I do a little bit of guiding waterfall hunts up here, and like last year, dude, I had like, I take these two kids out, right, and like, you know, we got like a pond of like three hundred ducks in it in the middle of this cornfield. Like we're standing in the cornfield. It's maybe I don't know, like ten yards to shoot the ducks that they come in. So like. I wasn't going to shoot because I was like, yeah, I'll just let them shoot, whatever, da-da-da. So, like, every bird's coming into this pond, and they're landing, like, they're in the decoys, and these kids are just ripping off shots. Like, they went through, like, two and a half boxes, like, throughout, like, two hours, maybe. And we end up with four birds, and it was because (laughs) the last 30 minutes, I was like, 
or like the last like 15 i was like you know what we can't like not go home and shoot some so then i grabbed my gun i'm like yep all right i'm just gonna crank out some quick and then uh we're gonna go home that was insane like oh my god but like we definitely should have shot more i'm like you think like no kidding. <laughs> like, I was on the same boat as you guys for the past, like, two hours. Like, we definitely should have been limited out in, like, the first, like, 30 minutes. But it's chill. Like, whatever. Yo, I, had fun. <laughs> <laughs> I had 11 like, last week. We shot out, but it took a long time. And I go to start picking these shells up after the hunt. And there's, like, two grocery bags full of shotguns. Probably a case and a half of shells for 33 freaking birds. Yeah. Uh, good Lord have mercy, fellas. Like, let's shoot some. And these are repeat guys. So, you know, I was, I was, I love those guys. They're my favorite two groups. Yeah. But come on. Like, I'm going to have to have you off the lodge next year so we can shoot some crap before these, these hunts, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You love to see it. Like, you got to tear into them a little bit. You got to give them a hard time. You can't even, you know, I've seen guys that are, like, mean to dudes. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you can't shoot. Like, I don't care that much. I'm going to have fun with them. I'm going to mess with them. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, you got to have some fun with them or else it's not going to be a good time. Oh, exactly. <laughs> then you have, like, the super serious guys, and they're like, I don't, I don't take this. I don't need to take this from this guy. Like, <laughs> I was, the funniest thing I ever saw, like this um have you ever watched like the yeti present videos yeah yeah and one of the guides is like yeah like super fun to like mess with the guys and da 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 then you have like the super serious guys and they're like yeah fuck you i make a million dollars a year i don't need to take this shit (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like that is such an awesome quote (laughs) oh that's that's so perfect like that's I was just dying laughing. I'm like, yeah, I definitely, definitely seen that. Like, I don't need to take this shit. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I love the guy. I have a guy buddy who works for a different outfitter in Lubbock. He's he's a good buddy of mine. And I guess he got a complaint from one of his groups last year on a goose hunt. Yeah. Because he was mean to somebody. <laughs> and I guess the, his, the guy who owns is like, so what do you do? And he goes, like, finally, the guy was like, well, here's what happened. They can't shoot. And I yelled at him. I'm not saying. I mean, and he goes, so then this next group comes in. I'm working a group of like, you know, five, six, seven hundred lessers. Yeah. And then here comes this lonely solo fly right over our heads. And this idiot shoots at the solo, blows the group behind them and misses. And he said, so I let him have it. I just yelled at him and I cussed him out. And he didn't like that too much. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Like, that's terrible. That is that is not ideal. Yeah, I, I would I have done the same thing. Most guys would have. Oh, yeah, dude. You have to because it's like, dude, like, you got other people in the blind. Like, you can't be just messing it up for everybody. Oh, exactly. Like, all your buddies and all his buddies, like, I just hated him after that. It's like video. Oh, man, what was it? A few months ago, it was all over the place. I saw it on a big honkers Facebook page. They posted a video of uh, guys spring snow goose hunting, and there is a wad of probably like ten thousand snow geese. Like just uh, the 
a wad straight from heaven itself, right? Yeah. And this dude pulls out and shoots at a single and blows the whole wad. And apparently his buddies made him go sit in the truck. They're like, fuck <laughs> you. Go to, go to the truck. We don't want you out here. Goodbye. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd be so mad. I like, would smoke my buddy across the head. Oh, yeah. Like, I would grab the crane dealio and let him have it. <laughs> There's a new notch to the back, buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, dude, we're uh, we're running on some time, so I think we covered a bunch of stuff today. That was awesome. Dude, that was fun. That was a great time, man. <laughs> there was a lot of laughs. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, oh, my God. Is there anything you wish we would have talked dude, I- about? Before we um, end things, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, I mean, it's like quick recap. You got pickle beer, olive beer, <laughs> shitty clients, good clients. Uh, you know, we covered just about COVID nineteen deadly yep. at the first five foot of the restaurant, but not the rest. Yeah, like don't bring your AK shotgun out to the blind. Like <laughs> something you probably don't want to do, but like if you're gonna do it, like make sure you're past shooting. We'll catch out some beef tartar one of these days. We'll do another episode on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Like, just have a full time, just have, like, the entire thing on, like, a live and just us just eating beef tartar. He's like, look at that club. They do the, the bourbon review. We'll start doing odd foods and beer review. <laughs> just different types of vegetables in our beer and, like, oh, yeah. Today we've got pickled quail eggs in the bottom of the Miller Lite. Oh, I love it. But yeah, man. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're going to have to come on again because this was, this was a lot of fun. Dude, we'll make it happen. Hey, shoot me your address. I'm going to get you a hat and a hoodie. Yeah, dude. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But yeah, dude. Thanks once again. And then if somebody wants to come hunt with you guys, where can they get a hold of you? Man, uh, Red Eye Outfitters on, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, they can shoot me a message at... Uh, Jacob underscore the salmon. Uh, Colton's on there. I don't even know his ad handle, but he won't reply anyway. <laughs> but anywhere, we have redeyeoutfitters.com, redeyeoutfitters, everything, social media, the the whole nine yards. You know, shoot me a message. Uh, we'll set you up. I got, I don't have a lot of dates left this year, but if it's a small group or a weekday, I can make it happen. Like, just give me a shout. We can always work something out. Perfect, brother. We'll chat soon. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. All right. See ya. And that wraps things up today for episode 19. What a great way to get back and do it after I've been gone for a fat minute here. And it was a blast. We had a lot of laughs today and it got pretty intense. So if you guys want to, you know, let me know if you've tried the beef tartar or if you are gonna go send me a picture of your uh, pickled beer just let me know and I'll uh, be surely glad to post it up because it's it's a treat make sure not to bring your AR shotguns in the blind that's another key to our success and uh, yeah I hope you guys enjoyed